0: Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Welcome, nerds. I hope you're all doing well. We are in the midst of the COVID-19. We're just deep in it now. It's never going to end. April 30th is the new end date. And there is no better way to celebrate the extension of the hunkering than to have the fantastic and mighty Zach Mendez, the hunker king on Disorganized Religion Today. Thank you for joining me, Zach. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. I really Ab- appreciate it. Absolutely, man. So uh, tell us about this this Instagram phenomenon that yeah. you have begun. <laughs>
1: Um, you know, uh, so I know for some people, the hunker started at different times, but for me, it was right when the NBA canceled the jazz game. That was, Um, I was going to watch that night. When that happened, I realized that this was actually going to be a thing. And so I, uh, I I started saying, we're going to have to be hunkered down. And I was just so, I was so amused by the word as I kept saying it with my roommate Raj over and over and over again. I thought it'd be funny to have uh, kind of a, a one man trying to run a radio station from his house but yeah. that's being filmed. The radio, there's no radio. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, he tries to fill all the positions of a new station, right? He tries yeah. to comment on fashion.
0: And it's yeah. kind of a, him being shorthanded is the joke, but. I yeah. love it. Well, it's like a, an old timey radio show kind of feel. Whereas one guy or two guys in the box doing all voices for, you know, a bunch of different callers and all that nonsense. It's got a, it's got a fun feel to it. Yeah. It is not fun for my roommates now
1: because I was doing, I've never used iMovie. And so I was oh. doing take after take after take after take, like in the morning <laughs> and being like, uh, and they had it. They had it, so I offered to buy them headphones so I could keep doing it. So that's, it's on hiatus currently. Yeah. Oh,
0: gotcha. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But no, it, things are okay over here now. Yeah, good, 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 good. So it's only one or two minute clips, right? It's not. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I wasn't personally missing anything. It's the height of silliness and stupidity. Yeah. It's great. It's very I great. Can- and the white tie news is beautiful.
1: Black tie news. Seth. Black
0: tie. The black tie news. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. home for the elegant truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. How long have you been doing stand up, Zach? Uh, I started
1: doing stand up uh, in December of last year. So, not counting the quarantine time, like uh, 15 <laughs> months. I, I, I'm like a baby, I guess. So, you still say the months.
0: 15 right. months. Right. When you're still so young, you stay months. 15 yeah. months. Yeah. I wish we counted all age in months, honestly. Then people would feel so old, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: You're like, what do you got? 390? Yeah, I got 360. You yeah. just lose track after a while. No big deal. Who yeah. cares anymore? So you got 15 months. 15 months. Gotcha. So what training? You... acting. Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: and acting, acting for about five before that. So Got it. Oh, so you transitioned pretty quick from acting to stand up.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I still, I still, for the most part, uh, you know, I do commercials and uh, right. I still go out for auditions and whatnot. And I'll get a bit part here and there. So I still yeah. do that a lot, but I've just always wanted to do stand up. But I tried improv and I was horrid at it. Really? Two years of being horrid at improv or maybe I just never went consistent enough. Yeah. Um, but after I went for the first, you know, after the first, first fifth, First 50 open mics, I was sold on stand up. <laughs> but it took 50 before you were like,
0: no, this is where I want to be.
1: Well, it's the only way, it's the only way you, only thing you can do where you can get better anytime you want to. Uh, you're not on anybody right. else's
0: schedule. You know,
1: I'm not, I'm not waiting for some improv group in Encino to gather in Jonathan's yeah. garage and the teacher, you know,
0: Tabitha yeah. to have a show up. I, I, yeah, no, that is true. That is true. Too so, exhausting. Uh, so you always wanted to do stand up? Did you should, like grow up watching stand up or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: well, I wanted to be, uh, you know, uh, I, well, I grew up watching George Carlin was the first thing stand-up I ever saw, and I was like nine. I didn't really understand it, but I yeah. kept watching it over and over again, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I always did things like um, acting that was got a chance to perform, but I never had to write my own jokes and tell my own jokes. That seemed very scary to me for a while, and I think I was, everything else, whether it be writing plays or acting, was kind of foreplay to stand-up.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like, yeah. Finally. Gotcha. So, uh, what, what is it about stand up that you like? What, what drew you to it? Do you think the simplicity, right? It's uh-huh. just you and a mic and a stage,
1: um, and a specific amount of time in which you have to communicate whatever you so choose. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, um, that challenge as well as the simplicity of it is what you, how long have you been doing stand up, by the way? I didn't ask you. Oh, I don't know. Uh,
0: so it's been what, I think I'm in my third year. Yeah. See, I would have said much, many more years or many oh, more yeah. months. No, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm relatively new as well at all this. Your kids are enjoying the shit out of Splash, by the way.
1: <sighs> they, are. <laughs> they are. so much. And I wish they were in bed. But, you know, I only have so much power. It's funny. Oh, uh, you have your kids downstairs watching Splash and I have my roommates <laughs> playing poker. And the uh, other Virtually with a bunch of people, yeah.
0: Sure. Now, you know, my son and I, I got a little poker set with chips and cards, and my son loves it. He's five and knows all the hands. He's got his own strategy down. It's ridiculous. Now, I might be jumping out of turn with this question. If I have a question, if here's a question. Yeah, go for it, I go a, for it.
1: If, can,
0: this will count as your, as count as your what's the deal with Mormonism
1: question. question. No. Can you gamble? No. No, no. so but you can play the game
0: and right. discuss it Mentally, uh, academically right <laughs> yeah kind of yeah. Mentalist. i mean we yeah. play it you know for fun we have chips there's no buy-in when i'm playing with my five-year-old and uh when i if i were to ever play it would never be with a buy-in you know okay. i i just let just play for fakesies huh just yeah. for fun yeah you okay
1: know? okay i might have a follow-up on that later but please i sure, don't wanna, sure, i don't want to do that
0: yeah
1: okay
0: uh where are you from did you do all stand up in la then
1: Yeah. I mean, I I did stand up when I was in college. Uh, I was at College University of Virginia and I did playwriting and then I did stand up and I did two shows. Um, And I moved Uh to Miami and I couldn't find a single place to do stand up. Every time I showed up, it was a bar that was actually, you know, having reggae night. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I got really discouraged. and It wasn't until I came out here that I started doing uh, stand up again. I would always stop and start. You know, yeah. you go out and you, you have you write one joke and it gives you enough confidence to go to the open mic. They used to have an open a mic at the comedy store outside. I went uh-huh. to an and they told Oh, okay. Joke about books. Yeah, um, and just the looks of disappointment in the audience members stayed with you, <laughs> and so you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do that for another half of a year.
0: <laughs> the outside, fully lit,
1: four o'clock in the afternoon. Buses yeah. are going by. Yeah,
0: I mean that's a very difficult. Brutal. Situation. Out, outdoor comedy is brutal,
1: but I didn't know any better. I didn't know where
0: I could go and sure get a chance
1: to, yeah. So, sure.
0: So, now have you done any virtual shows or virtual open mics during the the hunkering? No, see what I know I haven't, yeah. but
1: I do we do play poker and we all get on Skype and I try to uh-huh. make people laugh, so I kind of use that. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say is if you play five bucks for a buy it in poker. Yeah, and you treat it like an open mic because you're on the Zoom. Ah. You're just talking shit, trying to make people laugh, and whether yeah. you win or lose, the material to you, it's the same thing. As right, going around, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Just saying, is that a loophole? Do you think? Ah, I don't think it is. Not if I'm keeping the winnings. Okay, quick, quick. Okay, I, I could probably give back the winnings, and then I would feel better about it. Roger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I would win, right? That's yeah. clearly the assumption that I'm making. You have the look of uh,
1: somebody who'd be very good at poker.
0: My wife claims I'm terrible at it, but I we played once with torn up pieces of paper when we were dating, and she slaughtered me. But it's because I had no idea that she never folded; she just never folded. That's so adorable, by the that's way. That's her strategy. That's and romantic
1: it, and adorable.
0: Yeah, now that I know that that's her strat, it goes a little bit smoother now. You know, I know I can pick the hands and reel her in. If I need yeah. to, because she's yeah. not going to fold. She's not. Mm-hmm. Let fold.
1: her bet into you. Let her bet into you. Exactly, exactly.
0: exactly. But you got to play one or two hands, get a read on your opponents. You know. And uh, anyway, so it took us, it took us a while. But I'm there now. I'm there now. Uh, so, so Virginia, you started. Do you yeah. count that technically, or do you kind of wait until you really made it to L.A. to count the fifteen yeah. months? The months didn't count until I did them consecutively.
1: I not feel as though stop and start if you do six open mics and then you don't do another open mic for a year
0: yeah it's
1: gonna it's gonna be tough to build experience right right so i don't count it until um yeah it was miss mazel was watching marvelous miss mazel which made me do my first open mic i, yeah. say, I lose a little it's, respect <laughs> i don't care yeah. that show is amazing okay first <sighs> of all
0: tony Schlude
1: yeah. is a t- towering in that show and mitch mazel played beautifully by Miss Brosnahan, I believe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. Now She made stand-up look a lot of fun. Yeah, her dad's the guy who played Monk, right? Tony Shalhoub, yes. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. Oh but, my uh, yeah, my, my mother-in-law and I, we get along very well. <laughs> but we got along even better before Marvelous Mrs. Maisel came out. And then when it came out, you know, I'd already been doing stand-up for a bit. So she thought, like, oh, this is going to be a great way to, for us to connect. I'll watch this. She loved it. She called me up and was like, oh, Seth, do you love Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? And I had to be like, I hate it. And I think it broke her heart a little bit. So. A lot of people hate it. I've had this argument with
1: several people that hate yeah. it vehemently. Yeah. yeah,
0: fine. I, I I there's room for that too. Sure. Well, you know, we just that's the one thing about stand up that I really like is I am naturally not a very confident person in my own opinions of subjective things. Yeah. Right? If there's a fact, I like to know it and then I don't worry about if other people don't. You know what I mean? Like don't argue with me about a fact. We can argue about a fact. That's fine. But with subjective things I get very insecure about my own opinions on these things, and then doing stand up that's helped me be more secure about yeah, other people can disagree, but that's because they're idiots, you know, they just, exactly. They don't, like, they don't see it, yeah. Uh, okay, so you started in LA, technically, that's technically, really where you Los Angeles, yeah. You began and have done all stand up in LA then, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. consistently. Gotcha, gotcha. So what was your first show like?
1: Uh, it was the belly room. It was a bringer show at the belly. Sure. Room. Hey, uh, yeah, we all, we yeah. We all have to yep. do it, you know? Yep.
0: <laughs> Which <laughs> yeah. show was it? Was it with, you don't have to name drop if you don't want to. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, it was a Friday like experience.
1: Friday night show. I, I had a very good first experience. Yeah. I had been working for about at that point, what was three or four months on the same five minutes over and over and over. and, sure. over, and over, Like a madman. Yeah. Uh, and I was doing little else. And so I felt really good about the five minutes going into it. And I got laughs. Yeah. You know, I didn't bring the place down, but I got laughs. Yeah. And that, that probably felt, man, that was one of the more enjoyable lives, nights yeah. of my life. Yeah. You know, because before that, I had little evidence that I deserved to ask for your <laughs> attention for five minutes, <laughs> you know, in, in that capacity. In that capacity, sure. writing and delivering your own jokes. Uh, so that was really, really heartening. It's like, yeah. okay, okay, I could yeah. do this for a little bit. Yeah, uh, and that was my first show, and then you know, shit. Ever since,
0: it's, stop. <laughs> Has it really been yeah. that bad ever since?
1: No, no. I been. say that no, there haven't been shit ever since. They've been different and wonderful. Yeah, I've gotten much. Well, you, you, you know, I think at the beginning you're very concerned about the crowd's response. A lot of your self worth. Right? <laughs> is in the throats of the crowd, whether or not yeah. they give you that vibration or not. And yeah. then at some point you realize how unhealthy that is and how unfun yeah. that is.
0: Well, and inaccurate,
1: inaccurate right? Crowd. It's not
0: even, yeah. I just think it's, it's inaccurate because I mean, it'd be one thing if we were selling theaters and they all came to see us and then we didn't do well. I think that's more accurate when you're basing it on audience reaction than Doing a bringer show at the belly room or doing some random open mic or doing some other show in a bar, you know, because uh, they're there to see whoever it is they're there to see, or they don't even know stand up is happening. Exactly. And right. so if you can win them over, that's a great indicator. But if you're not crushing in that room, I don't feel like that's evidence that you're terrible,
1: you know? No. no. And so I stepped, uh, I think that helped me stop wondering what you yeah. want so much. Hey, what do they want to hear? What do they want to hear? You know? Yeah. Uh, that yeah. kind of thought process. Right. So that was a really big moment for me. But yeah. Uh yeah. it's been, it's fun to now uh to now not to know I'm not as nervous performing
0: in front of as many people.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> no, makes oh, that's sense. Good. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Uh so is there let's talk about a, a night that you sort of chase, you know, there's a there's an audience reaction that you sort of live to, to top. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then I want to talk, let's start first though. So think about the great, great night that you're trying to relive again and do better than, and, but I first want to talk about a bomb. Has there been a memorable bomb for you? Okay. Okay.
1: So this could be, I think, I think this would be defined by a third party as a bomb. Okay. Uh, it would be defined as my biggest bomb. I refuse to c- see it as a bomb. All right. And I, we discussed this, I believe. Yeah. Which was at the first time I was ever at the improv. Uh, uh-huh.
0: Tuesday, right? Oh, yeah. And uh, they Tuesday, did the open mic and the They did the open room. mic.
1: In the main room. And yeah. at that point, I didn't want to go there because I didn't want to, to, I didn't feel as though I wanted to perform with those people. But all the <laughs> people I wanted to be friends with were going to go. So I said, Oh, I'll just go and I won't get picked. Sure, and I got picked. Yeah. You know, like, Fuck. Yeah. So I was like, OK, I'm just going to do my, you know, my, my Spanish character bit that yeah. I do where I pretend to be my father and I don't like these. It's, you know, <laughs> you either like it or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in the halfway through, I'm going to break and do another joke that I yeah. I was getting what I thought. I thought I was basically bombing in my Spanish father. Uh And then I switched over and I was like talking like this. And I was like, just kidding, guys. I'm not from Spain. I just came from improv. And I was just setting setting up the other joke. And on improv, the rain of booze. Oh, yeah. The rain of booze. I can still hear them in my soul today. I was
0: was there. I was there. And it was profound. It was profound
1: it opened up a portal to hell I think it's hilarious yeah it, it was it was very funny yeah. now to me <laughs> after after that I was I was shook I was like god yeah do they not like me am I hated
0: well am there, there hate is there is definitely as I've gotten more and more into stand-up there is definitely a stigma that I did not know existed between stand-up and improv yeah, And I, I, don't, know that I don't think it goes improv to stand-up. I think it is just stand-up to improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, there's no
1: animosity from the improv community. Whatsoever. No, I
0: mean, improv people That's are it. so nice and supportive. And yes, Sweet Andy. Yeah, notes, every one and, of them. And stand-ups are, are like, get that Winnie the Pooh crap out mm. of here. We yeah. do not want the happy-go-lucky
1: and so I never knew if it was the mention of improv, the breaking of the character, or me. It could have, been, I think, as a tornado of all three. I think it was mostly just two, two, the two. Yeah, the, two, uh, yeah. the breaking of the character, the mention of improv. Yeah. So that was that was,
0: um, yeah, a, yeah. A That's one to remember. That's a great one.
1: A yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, and then a memorable one on the upside, on the on the good the upside.
1: Well, I did the I did the Ice House, um, the <laughs> second stage of the Ice House uh, the lovely and kind Dave McNary show. Yeah. It was a great, it was like, it was 50 people there. sixty people. It was a good crowd. Yeah. And I did, you know, start with the Spanish character and I switched, um, and it didn't go as bad. It went, it went quite well. Yeah. It went quite well. The whole set. Um, it's uh, because
0: normal people just support art. They are not anyhow, go on. No, 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 you're, no, but you're exactly right. But it was kind of a, a it felt a red crowd, a
1: more Republican-y crowd. Uh-huh. Um, so I finished my set, and I feel as I did really well, and a woman would come up to me, and she goes, I liked it better when you were the Puerto Rican man, and just <laughs> <laughs> walked away. <laughs> I thought, I think see, see that's She liked the other one better. So.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So where are you from? I'm from Richmond,
1: Virginia. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then right after I did a... I, moved to Miami right after college. And I was a teacher there for four years. And that's when I found an ad on Craigslist to find a manager in LA. Oh,
0: is that <laughs> yeah. right?
1: And, and Craigslist. you pursued that? I pursued a Craigslist ad to Fort Lauderdale from Miami.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's Zach. amazing. you got a lot of faith. you got a lot of faith, Zach.
1: Don't I look like the type of individual who pursues Craigslist ad? Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> no. And yes, no, I guess okay. at the same time. No, no. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And you said your dad sounds, is he a Spaniard? Cuban. My
1: far, my father's from Spain, Spain. Uh, yeah. He's from Galicia, uh, yeah. which is the Northwest of Spain. And uh, he came here in the late sixties and then eventually married my mother who is a Jew from Richmond, Virginia.
0: No, no kidding.
1: Yeah. And he was 36 when they got yeah. married and my mom was 18, which was like a big to do in the, in the
0: Richmond community at the time, I think. Yeah, I mean that seems like a big to do anywhere. Yeah, and a foreigner nonetheless. Yeah, right, right. That's amazing. So mm-hmm. you speak Spanish?
1: Grew up speaking Spanish? I grew up speaking some Spanish. I have a very good accent, but uh-huh. I had a, yeah. But it, it'd be funny because I could respond to you with an excellent accent, "Hola," and you'll yeah. continue Spanish, and I'll have no idea. <laughs> But it's got to be killer in LA then. No, but I, no, I, I learned how to speak Spanish cause I got a Spanish girlfriend and that's oh. really the only way. Cause my father, I, we didn't really speak Spanish
0: to each other when I was growing up. And so I yeah. just, I know his accent really well and that's sure. about it. So how yeah. old is your girlfriend? Is she 14 just to keep the <laughs> ratio alive or no? this, my, <laughs> my current girlfriend <laughs> is my age. My current girlfriend is oh, okay. my age. I just wanted to sure how f- f- I wasn't sure how far you followed in your father's footsteps. No, no, not. no, not that closely. Not that yeah. closely. Well, good for not you. At all. Good for you. you. <laughs> so, now are either of your parents religious?
1: Um, I my father was raised very Catholic in Catholic oh, okay. schools, and my mother was raised Jewish. Um, yeah. but neither of them would you would call devout or practicing. Uh huh. In any way, no. So, did you grow up in Catholic? Like, did you go to Catholic school? I went to I went to a what would be called a more Christian school, but I was okay. uh, I was raised Jewish. My mother's Jewish, and my grandmother's Jewish. So, yeah. culturally and religiously, I'm Jewish. It yeah. goes you know, through the maternal line, right? Yeah, so I'm a I'm a Jew, and my so. father just kind of put down the whole Catholic thing and. He kind of looks like a Jew, so he just went with it. Yeah. Yeah, he fit in great at synagogues. He held the Torah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he
0: convert big to
1: Judaism? No. So okay. there was... Before they got married, there was an issue because my, my, my Jewish grandmother was like, wait a second, my daughter yeah. can't be marrying a, a non-Jew. They yeah. went to a rabbi, and apparently... This is what the
0: rabbi said. I think yeah, I don't think it's necessary for the man.
1: Yeah, I don't. I think it's bullshit. But the rabbi <laughs> said his name is Mendez Pekon, and apparently... Uh-huh. The picons, those types of Jews were uh, those types of were Jewish in Spain before the Inquisition. So he's like basically, so he's probably Jewish, but he just yeah. you know converted during the Inquisition because he was getting tortured. Not oh. my father, but his line, you know. Right. So he's still, he's still
0: actually, actually Jewish.
1: So they just, Gerardo just, my father just went with the fact that he was Jewish.
0: Yeah. Oh, I that's. Like, cool.
1: I'm. I'm Jewish now. Okay. <laughs> I guess so.
0: It's in there somewhere. Yeah. 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 So did you grow up going to temple then
1: or just not at all? Temple. Yeah. I would go to temple uh, synagogue yeah, um, f- up, until, up until my grandfather died. And oh. he was kind of the person who made us go to temple. And then the Jewish side of my family and my family had a big to-do, a whole oh. fight, a little Donnybrook, a dust-up, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And they hated my parents, so they just booked it to Vermont. And okay. so we just did our version of Judaism from then on. And we didn't go to places to do it. Yeah. Oh, things okay. like, you know, like doing Hanukkah, not like every night, but you know what? Like, Hey, we're going to do the first night, the middle night and the last night, you know what oh. I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. At Passover, we don't read the book, you know, but we do hide the matzah, things yeah. like this. Yeah. Are you following me with the Jewish traditions? Or are, you, are you? Yeah.
0: On? Yeah. Okay. No. So I know that there are eight nights. I just don't know why you'd pick the first middle and last for Hanukkah? Uh, just
1: because, you know, beginning, middle and end. The story. Oh, okay. Just because, yeah. you, you know, there's story, all you do on Hanukkah is you say the Hanukkah blessing, you light the candle and you light the other candle and every yeah. night you light, the same thing. Yeah. After six nights, it's absolutely exhausting. It's ridiculous.
0: Is that right?
1: And my mom can't take it anymore. She is <laughs> enough to here with the multiple nights of cooking and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. My father, my father doesn't have time for this shit. Yeah. Uh, so, ended up now we'll just do it one night Hanukkah
0: night and that's it
1: <laughs> that's it
0: so do you is it typical to go through the story in Maccabees about you know the, the lights
1: or no not on Hanukkah that's a, it's a lightweight holiday um, okay I would say on Passover most sure. definitely Passover sure. you stay at home and you read the book and on Yom Kippur I yeah. think a lot of families are going to synagogue um, to listen yeah. to the cult, no, to, uh, to atone for sins. But Hanukkah is a lightweight holiday in my, in my small understanding of the Jewish faith. Yeah. yeah very yeah. lightweight. Gosh, gotcha. And <laughs> what do you celebrate on Yom Kippur again? Is that day of atonement or no? Yeah. You're celebrating very little. You don't say happy Yom Kippur. I made the mistake of doing that one time. Saying Thanks. happy Yom Kippur is saying like happy nine 11 universe anniversary. Yeah. It's not, right. Do it. You you're can't commemorating. So you fast on Yom Kippur, right? Uh huh. So what you say is uh, have an easy fast. Oh, okay. You know, because you're supposed to be really doing some serious reflection about the uh, about the bad shit you've done, the bad things yeah. that you have done this past year, and so it shouldn't be necessarily a joyous affair. It got should it. be a somber uh, one.
0: Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of of reflection and self improvement. Yeah, and. Yeah. I actually go to the, uh, the synagogue for performing arts
1: on Yom Kippur, and they have a beautiful service with a harp player who plays this song called the Kol Nidre. Uh-huh. It's basically a song made to make you think of <laughs> all your worst things. I swear <laughs> to God. It is the <laughs> most whining, stringing, old Russia song.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, it makes you feel super guilty.
0: Interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They play it so, three times, and then huh. you're atoned. Got like, it. A and you're good for the next 50 days or whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> the next Again, year. The next I have year. such a loose grasp on this religion. That's just my experience. So do you identify as Jewish religiously still? Uh, sure. I mean, I, <laughs> Yeah. I, you know, I, uh,
1: this was a big argument between me and my non-Jewish friends because the school I went to only had about six Jews out of 1200 or whatever it was. Oh, wow. Something like that. And so they would often say I'm not Jewish because I would always, yeah, fluctuate on my stance on God, and oh. I was trying to explain to them that Judaism is both a race and religion.
0: Yeah, They're
1: both kind of tied up. Right, you know, I'm a non-practicing Jew who right. has other ideas about our creation. Yeah, that's my. That's how so, I describe myself.
0: So when you say your ideas of God would fluctuate between between, well, I mean, what is the Jewish idea of God, and then what would your idea of God be? Uh-huh. Again, from my
1: limited understanding, the Jewish idea of God is expressed in the Old Testament, right? He created the chosen people, the uh-huh. Hebrews, uh, and He is both. Uh, uh, he is one, and I don't think we have a hell, right? Yeah, yeah, we've, I we've think that's right. We've got the commandments in the in the Old Testament. Yeah, those are important to us. Yeah, and the Jewish God is one that you have. I don't know. He's the same. I think it's the same God as the Christian God. I think it's like Pepsi and Coke. I think it's the same exact God without the hell, without all the stuff he does in the New Testament, without the Son. It's like God before he had a kid. Right. Okay. Got it. Bachelor God.
0: And are you still? I mean, do you still ascribe to the idea of waiting for a Messiah or no? No, and that's just because I'm impatient. No.
1: Like the one defining characteristic of the well, Jewish you know, people. It's yeah. it's on, and I, don't, I can't even tell you whether it's on Passover or Yom Kippur, but we leave a table, and I think it's on Passover, we leave a seat open at the table. Yeah, for, for Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. You know, which right. I always thought was, you know, I some see it as optimistic, I see it as delusional. I don't think he's coming. Kind of, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I always thought that was, but no, I don't. I, I'm not, that's not my, uh, that's not my version of God. No, gotcha. the Jewish. I think the Jewish, the Judeo-Christian version of a, a singular separate God is also not in line with what I believe currently. Um, okay. But that's the place that I came from. I think for a long time up until maybe I was 11 or 12, uh, that's yeah. what I did believe in a singular separate God. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody gets, like, my sister got bar mitzvahed, my brother got bar mitzvahed. And at the age of 13, for some reason, I told my parents I didn't want to get bar mitzvahed. Oh, okay. Because he's like, you become a man, I didn't have hair in my balls. And so, like, why am I going to get bar mitzvahed? It was, seemed ridiculous to me, patently yeah. absurd. So yeah. So I avoided that, and then I kind of started thinking about other religions and uh-huh. other versions of God that might have suit, suited me better.
0: Sure. So, so what was your shopping around experience like? What kind of other ideas of God attracted you?
1: Well, we had we had religion class when I was in I think almost a, a freshman or a sophomore. We had to I studied Kabbalah, which is Jewish <laughs> mysticism, for a little bit, oh, okay. and then we we studied Buddhism to some extent, uh, and then we take a really deep dive into Christianity. Yeah, uh, which was which was great. I really do. I, I have a lot of respect for many religions of Christianity being one of them. Yeah. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. But then we had to write a paper. And in that paper, I created my own religion when I was younger. Oh. It was called scientific Jewish optimism. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what were the,
0: what were the tenets of your faith? Oh my gosh. Nice. That was awesome. Scary.
1: Tenets of my faith. Yeah. Where is that? By science, we can understand our worlds better. Okay. Right, and through practice of the Jewish moral system, that's already so there—the the Ten Commandments. I didn't have to write anything else, Seth. It's already there. <laughs> I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. You know sure. what I mean? Fair well, enough. If it works, by practicing of that, you can know yourself better. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you know, optimism—if you're able. Yeah, which oh. is just like so. It was—it was a simple one. It was a simple one that didn't yeah. hold on very long. And that was right before I went to college, which of course, you know, I I went through my hardcore atheist phase.
0: Uh, Sure, sure. You have to, right? I I mean, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. I never really went through that phase. Um, But I can understand it. I can understand going through it, wanting to explore that idea. Uh, So what about – I mean, okay, so what about now? So you were atheist in in college and and now – where do you fall? Do you think, um, I, am?
1: I do believe that, uh, God is a verb and not a noun.
0: Okay. So what do you mean by that?
1: Well, when I first moved to Los Angeles, it was the first time in my life that I had been separated from all of my family because at least in Miami I was living with my brother, mm. but now in LA, I was like 3000 miles away from over them, uh, from all of them. And I had uh, very few friends yeah. So I was experiencing intense loneliness for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and in, in a little bit, you know, and so I would, uh, the, the way i would go to sleep at night is I would think very hard about hoping that good things happened for all of my family members. Okay. Yeah. You know, just think about, you know, I hope my, my brother tomorrow at the hospital, all his patients get better. I hope my sister's students learn something. I hope my father's patients get better. I hope my mom, uh, you know, uh, all her animals are happy or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Sure. And I sure. realized that I was praying. Yeah. Just not to a person. Yeah. And I had, I had made fun, especially just coming from kind of like a college time in my life, of right. the act of prayer for so long. Right. Um, and that made me uh, reassess religion very seriously.
0: Uh-huh. Was and there so, a, a catal- like a, a turning point, a catalytic moment that moved you back to this sort of focused meditation prayer? Um it, I
1: don't think it was a catalytic moment. I mean, it was, it was just, I was living in freaking Van Nuys, which first of all, (laughs) so you were lonely
0: and desperate. I was (laughs) lonely. I
1: was in Van Nuys. My mattress was on the ground. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hadn't gotten my foothold here in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I was a much more immature version of myself. So I just found myself in a lot of tough situations (laughs) I hadn't fared before. And, uh, yeah, it's in, and I just think, you know, being weak, yeah, uh, I think often there, a lot of the stories that are in like in the Bible are about people finding God in moments of weakness. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that that's to say that that is uh, that religion you know preys upon the weak. I just think we're more easily. It's okay. You can yawn during the crescendo of my genius point regarding religion. It's not a big, no, it's, no, go please. on. Go on. Please. No, I'm listening. I'm listening. I just found a use for it for the first time. It's yeah. like I used to be anti-technology. like, Oh fuck that! I'm gonna call you. I don't text. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, I don't want to Skype with you. Let's come over. Let's hang out. Right. And now I have no choice but to, you know, <laughs> update my update my computer and use technology. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. that made me reassess it. And now I believe that, you know, we are part of God.
0: You and I. Okay. You know, I think Christians
1: say that you were made in God's image. I I say that we are all made of God.
0: Yeah. Uh, Interesting. And sin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do you believe in an afterlife or no? I believe,
1: uh, I guess not in, uh, you know, there's a phrase that says, you know, um, I think we know more own the energy that runs through us than a light bulb owns the electricity that runs through it. Okay. Uh, Which makes me feel like an afterlife in this form. No. Yeah. But do I do, do all the, my components Go back and continue to be in this world. Yes, uh-huh. yes. And so there is something
0: there. eternal about us.
1: Yes, and it's it's what we're comprised of. I mean, you're fourteen point five billion years old, as far as we can tell, right? Yeah, the stardust. We're, that's what we are, baby. Yeah, we're stardust. Yeah. I love it. I love we're it. We're stardust, yeah. and uh, we're ancient in that yeah. sense. So we return to that. That's what we've always been. I don't think there's an afterlife where we have wants and desires. Mm. I think want, wanting is a very mortal thing. Wanting mm. is a human thing. It's a very animal thing. Yeah. I think it's an eternal thing.
0: Gotcha. So when you talk about God, then you're not talking about a person or an individual. No, I don't think. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't think God is bipedal. Uh-huh. Right. Is it like and a if, floating octopus or... No, but but the octopus, come on! If there was a representation of God that we have on this I mean, earth, would it not be, it'd be the pretty octopus. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on, octopus can eat their own <laughs> tentacles
0: and grow them back. That's amazing. I, it right? is. They can fit into tiny, tiny spaces, be enormous.
1: Well, I guess yeah. that's what I'm struggling with right now because I think in my return to trying to um, try to find my religion. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, that a, is that an REM song that I just accidentally... Oh, yeah. Uh, Losing my religion. Losing yeah, the yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It, you already uh, did that. You already did that. I just realized that when I was atheist, I was just rejecting all the answers that I was given and saying that, oh, that's why God doesn't exist because these five answers I've looked at very briefly don't look good to me. Yeah. You know, so that the whole idea of a higher power is completely stupid. I realized mm-hmm. how faulty that was. Mm. And so... The best of my, as I sit here thinking about it, yes, God is not a separate, that's what I mean, I don't think God is a separate
0: thing, I think we are all part of God. Right, right, right. Okay, so it sounds like you sort of ascribe to more of a Nirvana-ish idea uh, of sort of coming back to God at the end, or is...
1: We die... We yeah. go into the earth and we get to experience the blissful nothingness that we've experienced <laughs> in the first 14.5 billion years of our life. Got it. Okay. So it's before birth.
0: That's the theory you ascribe to.
1: Oh yeah. That we have non-consciousness sort of nothing. non-consciousness, nothing.
0: Yeah. Black. Yes. Got it. Got it. So how does, do you find that idea comforting? Because to me, that idea is not very comforting, but for some it is. And I can understand that. I do.
1: Um, well, one of the things I say to myself before I'll go on stage is fourteen point five billion years, Interesting. Just, just to just to remind myself that I've been around here for a while.
0: Yeah, we all have,
1: and I'm going to be around here for a while. And this is a moment in a very, very, very long span of time. Whatever this moment happens to be,
0: but it's not a, I mean, from what I gather from what you're saying, the moment though is this is all you know. Because you don't know before, and there will be no after that you will be conscious of. So this is what do you mean? I don't know before? I know before. No, you, okay. Tell
1: me a memory of before. Of before. Exactly, birth. because memories. So humans, right? Consciousness is comprised of our memories of our pain. That's how we get our identity, right? And our joy. Of, and joy. Mostly pain, right? <laughs> Right? I ascribe as Judaism Westworld.
0: coming out of you. No, no, no. I <laughs> ascribe to
1: the West World version of consciousness, the bicameral mind. Right. All right. One. All right. right. Completely gauges consciousness by its moments of pain. Okay. Right? That's a, that's a very human identity. Yeah. So if you you just don't remember an identity that you had before once.
0: But yeah. It but if but if there's nothing that you remember before, and there's exactly. nothing you will remember after then this is all you will remember. This is all you will know. So that moment is infinitely important. It's not just a little slip This is all
1: I will know, but this is not all I will be. Uh, And I think we're obsessed with knowing and having
0: things in our head and controlling. I think we're, I don't know, maybe so. I feel like we're more obsessed. And my idea of the afterlife is more centered around experience. What do you mean experience? Well, I mean having experiences, right? So, I believe we will be conscious after this life. In Seth form. Right. Right. I will in still be me.
1: And what? And yeah. it'll be an upgraded life. It'll be like life.
0: Yeah. But better. Yeah. yeah. Less exactly. pain. Less pain. Right. No Depending, no depending on how good of a person we try to be and are here, less pain after. Yeah.
1: On a sliding scale? Yeah. Very seriously.
0: Yeah, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. That.
1: The, yeah. The, the, the ledger is that, that, that specific and that numerical.
0: No, I don't, think, I don't think it's necessarily a specific, you know, tit for tat, God is keeping score. I think it's more, uh, so in Mormonism, we believe that there are, are tiers in heaven, uh, levels, if you want, uh, mm-hmm. what we call degrees of glory. So those who are not very good people, Uh, here on this earth will actually go to the lowest level of heaven. And hell for Mormonism is relatively very small. Very few people go to the traditional idea of hell in Mormonism. So almost everybody gets to go to heaven. It's just, you don't get to go to the top one. Right. And in Mormonism, the top one, the very top one, is uh, man and woman married together forever and making worlds and other spirit children to go down to those worlds and, and take on physical form and do what we do right here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's about experiences after this life, things that we will remember after this life. And in Mormonism, we believe we will also gain memory of before this life after this life. Uh So I think experiences are incredibly important and if you can't have memory then what is the experience and maybe maybe it's just you know our our, my understanding of what you're saying is just limited given what we call time and experience in this life do you know what i mean
1: yes and also what i'm saying about what i believe is completely incomplete you know, so it's cool. very difficult. You're, you're trying to stab at it and poke at it. I'm like, fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's fair. And that's fair. because currently I ascribed it. I mean, I, I made my own religion again, and it's kind of a joke, but it's not really a joke. It's called the Church yeah. of Doubt.
0: Right? Okay. And we D-A-O? have D A O? Doubt. Oh, doubt. I thought you said yeah. Doubt. Okay. Like Doubt. Like okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like or T A O. But yeah, doubt.
1: Okay. Doubt, like the band, the, the, the early. <laughs> like no doubt. Band. Like no doubt. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. The um, Church of Doubt has two tenets okay. uh, The first tenant is um, I don't know if there's an afterlife. Yeah. But we'll worry about that when we get there. Sure. Fair enough. Right. It's just, and then the That's, second one is yeah, you have to see the car in order to call shotgun. Okay. You know, just and then everything yeah. after that, we're just amending as we go along. Because yeah. I do believe that um, that doubt, doubt, um, in, in searching is a religion of its own. Mm -hmm. And because I do believe that certainty usually is the seed of all the bad things that does happen. It's the seed of a lot of really good things too. Mm. Yeah. But but certainty has led to some of the most heinous things that have occurred on this earth. So,
0: yeah. So do you believe that there is a devil or a negative force counteracting whatever sort of God force you believe in that I would assume is for the ultimate good, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Do
1: you within you have thoughts that are impure?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, I do too all the time. Right. So of course there is. Yeah, of course there's an right. Uh, We we know that we're able to see our own thoughts and see. Wait a second, that thought is out of place with my morals and my principles.
0: Sure. Sure.
1: So for me to say that no, there's no negative force. Well, it's within me. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So I'm very aware of the devil inside me. Yeah. That says uh, that I'm better than people. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form, the devil that says that I should have something that somebody else has, or yeah. that they shouldn't have it. Yeah, 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 they don't deserve or that it. Or I deserve more, or I deserve less. Yeah, I think there's right. a devil inside me, and I think there's a God inside me. Yeah. And I think that we've all been blessed with that inside each other. So yes, in that sense, I do believe it. But I think they're, that they're here with us today on this plane, that they're not in a next life. Yeah, that we're pushing actually, or
0: pulling strings and
1: they're not battling each other you know uh-huh. we are we are basically refereeing the battle of them within us got it got it's it. the uh it's you know the two wolves there's this old native american saying uh that there, there are two wolves inside us yeah uh it's selfishness and love
0: yeah and, well, you know a bit of which, the
1: yin yang yeah which one wins right. the one you feed yeah you know that's the kind of concept yeah
0: I oh i like that i like that a lot yeah sweet right. man uh cool well let me give you a chance uh to ask me what's the deal with mormonism uh anything um, regarding mormonism that you've wondered about or that's bothered you okay so i have been jealous of Mormonism sure. for some time oh okay
1: i think that the mission trip is <laughs> one of the most brilliant uh-huh and um brilliant ways to, to knit a community together. Oh, okay. Right. And so I, so, you know, in any community, it doesn't have to be, and I just wanted to know, are you still like best friends with the person that you went on the trip with? Are you guys calling each other all the
0: time? So that might be one misconception. We're not sent in pairs that we stay together for the two years.
1: What? It's not like a buddy cop movie the whole time?
0: No, no, man. (laughs) No. What were
1: the stints like? What were the what? Stints. How how many different partners did you have?
0: Yeah, it varied. uh, And we called them companions to avoid any confusion um, in today's vernacular in particular. Uh, But I had, let me think, seven? I think I had seven different companions over the two years. Uh, Sort of averaged out to... Or maybe six. It was like four months. It was six. I had six companions, and it averaged out to about four months each companion. Wow! And do you have relationships with how many of them now? Um, man, I keep in touch with what three, four. There were also there were also guys that I got to know that I was not paired with, but um. There's a whole sort of bureaucracy with any religion and on the mission, it is uh, maybe somewhat amplified because you're a young man out basically unsupervised other than by your peers, which is a very interesting concept too. So we are put in districts, little groups that kind of keep track of each other. And uh, so there are people that I knew and served around and with in a district that I also keep in touch with. Um, not just companions, yeah. but I, I'm in touch with four, four or five of, of those. And did you, uh, and so, so should I be as lustful as I am for this
1: program to be released nationwide? Are you, are you saying that I should pump the brakes a little bit on how excited I am by the idea of,
0: well, I mean, what about the, the mission experience do you wish you had? Well, I, d- I did, um, I did
1: a program called city year. Okay. In which I got to um, I got to go into communities that I wasn't uh, I didn't grow up in with a yeah. team four or five people and we were put in a school uh-huh. and we get small group lessons and I'm still friends with all those people and yeah. that was one of the most enriching experiences of my life it got me to be way less of an asshole sure. Um, yeah, working with yeah. kids is really good for that, making you less of an asshole,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, or
1: more of an asshole. You're gonna go one way or
0: another. Yeah, you're
1: gonna go one way or the
0: other. And I um, think the mission experience is very similar in that aspect. Right. Uh, I mean, I found it very fulfilling. I know people who did not find it fulfilling, and who it was actually detrimental to their faith, um, given the experiences that they had and the choices they made and how they interpreted and viewed those experiences. I think the mission amplifies whatever you have going into it. Um, It certainly is valuable to go uh, somewhere else, whether it's, you know, to a different country or not, just to get out of your bubble, always beneficial. And to be focused on service, always beneficial. Those two things are great. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everybody should do that. Right. If we could implement that sort of in like a coast guard or, or, you know, uh, National Guard capacity might be beneficial for our country. Like Korea, you know, South Korea does this. There's um, a couple, um there's a couple of candidates who are floating the idea of some sort
1: of national service program in exchange for college tuition, stuff like that that I thought were great.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's what? also to be focused on your faith, right? And to build your testimony about the faith and about about your relationship with God. Um I don't know. I mean, I think it would benefit everybody, but I don't think everybody would, would necessarily benefit from that kind of focus.
1: Now, now um, uh, I heard that Mormons have a game night once a week. Is this true? Like a, like almost all Mormon families have game night yeah. once a week.
0: I mean, so when I was growing up, it's, it's called family home evening is the technical term for it. Yeah. um yeah yeah and that still happens right i mean now during covid times it's every night man we're, we're partying every night together as a family
1: jealous of that too i can't yeah.
0: convince my roommates to play board games with <laughs> me they don't want to do it
1: well I my, every yeah. board
0: game out they didn't yeah. want to do it just poker unbelievable we'll see and my wife hates board games i i i personally love board games yeah. but my I wife like hates them. them so you know maybe if just your girlfriend like board games she likes poker well, maybe yeah. it's just, maybe it's, it's a poker it's gonna family. We're going to be a it's poker gonna be family. Poker. We're going to be a poker family.
1: That's perfect. That's, no, that's fine.
0: okay. Yeah, that's okay. Make it strip poker. Make it fun.
1: No, 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 no. We play for <laughs> real cold, hard cash. Getting people to know you in these times, though, when they've just lost a poker game to you is very difficult. Yeah. What, what can you threaten? What no, you threaten?
0: nothing. Right? You're not going to see them. They don't no. have to
1: worry about the social disgrace. It's very difficult. Yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, you shouldn't see them, right? If you did see yeah. them, a pox That's upon a you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, Zach, you- thank you so much for joining me, man. We got to wrap up, uh, but I want to give you a chance to finish that thought you had and then plug whatever it is you want to plug. How much toilet paper do you have? Sufficient for our needs. We've got, I think, we do not hoard it. We actually have it on a, like an Amazon subscription. So hopefully we'll see if we get it in uh in May is our next delivery. We'll see. Nice. I do okay. want to plug one
1: thing. Yeah. If you have the ability, please go to Amazon, watch Miss Mazel, the marvelous Miss Mazel. It's tremendous. <laughs> it's tremendous. It'll now, make did you volume. Like, did you like Gilmore girls too or no? No. No, 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 no. But I did, I did uh no, no, I made out with the producer of One Tree Hill. I did not make out with the
0: producer of Gilmore Girls. Sorry. Uh, well, yeah, unbelievable. So but you didn't you watch nothing. the show? If
1: no. You don't make no, out no. with
0: someone involved at the show, you don't watch it. Don't watch it. So who are you making out with in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Zach? Thanks so much for having me on your show, Seth. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Zach, you're such a fun guy. Thank you for doing this, having this no, conversation. No, of course. This is awesome. I really appreciate it and thank you and have a lovely, lovely honker. Thank you. You too. Best of luck. Bye. Bye.